Welcome to the Mindful Dating Podcast, where it's all about helping you find healthy, lasting love without losing yourself in the process. Get clear on what you need most from a partner, develop a dating and relationship strategy that works for you, and practice self-leadership in all your relationships. Join your host, Dr. Yael Dubin, on her mission to discover how you can lead from your most authentic, courageous self and create a lifetime of joy and abundance. Hello, everyone. I hope your week is off to a great start. It's wonderful to be with you again today. Before I jump into today's topic, which is toxic positivity and how it's killing your love life, which sounds like a real downer for a topic for me to talk about, but it's also super important because I am, generally speaking, a look on the bright side person and a really focusing on the positive person. I think it's important every now and then to talk about some of the pitfalls of even that perspective, of even looking on the bright side. But before I get into that, I did want to just give you a quick heads up that in a about three weeks from today, I am going live again with my four-day self-liberation challenge. And I'm letting you know about this up front so that you know that if you're struggling with toxic positivity or even toxic negativity, I have something coming up for you that's going to be great. So I wanted to talk about toxic positivity because I hear a lot about toxic positivity in the workplace. And I've worked in a place that for me felt like toxic positivity where you're not really allowed to notice the bad things. You're not allowed to say, this was really hard for me, or "Mm, this is a rough day, or this change that just happened, I'm struggling with it. You, in that kind of situation, you can't really account for the whole. It's not that you want to be Debbie Downer. It's not that you want to just be filled with complaint but you need to acknowledge that everything isn't perfect, that some things are a bit stressful for you. So I want to talk about how that plays out in the in the life of someone who's single. So a lot of times what I see as a dating and relationship coach is that, I, and I'm going to take this three steps. One is when you're single, when you've decided not to date, when you've decided to give up on love, The other is when you're single and actively dating. And then the third is when you're already in that partnership, any stage of the partnership. So the first stage I'm going to talk about is when you have decided, you know, dating hasn't worked for me. I'm going to give up on it. I'm fine single. I'm happy with my life. I don't need a partner. And I can tell you 100% this is what I did for years. I was firmly committed to not getting married for the majority of the 16 years in between my divorce being finalized and when I met Matt. There was a brief period of time when I dated a lovely woman and I thought I was going to marry her. That didn't work out. But other than that, I was very much committed to being single. And especially after I broke up with her, I was really committed to being single because love just doesn't work out for me. I'm fine single. I'm happier on my own. I don't need a partner. And in a lot of ways, There's a truth to that. And there was a truth to that then. But here's the thing. Maybe in that moment, I was happy without a partner, but I was making permanent decisions on a temporary mindset. And I wasn't looking at the whole picture. I wasn't looking at the craving in my heart to share my life with someone. No, I didn't need a partner. I was completely 
completely fine without one, but I wanted to share my life and it could be even better with a partner. So it's kind of like taking a delicious chocolate cake and saying, no, it doesn't need icing. Maybe it doesn't need chocolate ganache on it, but it might be better with it. So when you're in this place of toxic positivity, you're not acknowledging that it could be even better. You're not acknowledging that little bit of dissatisfaction with your single life that lures you forward. And that's why no matter how devoted you think you are to remaining single, you're still on a, on a dating app. You're still going out on dates. You go out on dates at least once a year or maybe once every two years. And the other problem is maybe you're not as happy as you could be single. Maybe there are times when you just want someone to share your burdens with, because you know they say a burden shared is halved and a joy shared is doubled. And maybe when you go through difficult times, it would just be great to have someone to snuggle with at, at the end of the day. Besides which, maybe, again, like I said earlier, you're making a permanent solution to a temporary problem. The temporary problem of this minute you didn't meet your partner and you're making a permanent solution of never dating again, of staying single forever based on this temporary problem without taking into consideration that you get lonely sometimes. And that doesn't mean you're a failure and that doesn't mean you're a loser. And I know that as a single person, it's especially difficult to acknowledge that sometimes you're lonely, that sometimes it's hard to do it all alone. It's hard to acknowledge because so many people make you feel less than for being single. I know that I dealt with that like little bit of armor being on when I was single because I didn't like people to tell me that there was something wrong with me. That's what I heard when people would suggest that it wasn't perfect being single. And honestly, this isn't to say everything's perfect when you're married. There's no such thing as perfect. So, and I'm going to deal with toxic positivity in marriage in a minute. So I definitely don't have that situation in my marriage. It's a great marriage and it's super fulfilling and I love every second of it. I even kind of love the fights and we're going to go on to that in a minute. But what is the problem with toxic positivity when you don't own that you are a little bit lonely, that life could be a little bit more fulfilling, when you don't own that maybe when you are in your later years, maybe 10 years from now, maybe 20 years from now, you would like a partner, what happens? What happens is that you postpone the personal growth work that will shift how you relate to yourself as well as how you relate to other people. When you're that armored that you can't acknowledge that there are moments that are challenging for you, you can't begin to grow. Once you start doing that personal growth work, when you can acknowledge, yes, I get lonely. I would love a partner. Yes, sometimes life gets to be too much and I'm ignoring all of that right now. When you do that growth work, you improve your experience even while you're single. And that's what all of my clients tell me. They start doing that growth work and things improve within weeks of being inside the mindful dating intensive because they're doing that growth work. They're finally stepping into the growth process that will eliminate what is holding them back from love. And when you are in a toxically positive place and you're not acknowledging the difficulties of single life, you are holding yourself back from love. Toxic positivity, like any other toxic thing, is, is bad for you. Toxicity and love don't go hand in hand. So owning the whole picture is a first step to letting in love, to letting in joy, to letting in abundance. And as you pave the way for more spaciousness 
in all of the rest of your relationships, you eventually can welcome in a partner. And in the meantime, you have more connection, more love and more joy with the people in your life because you are a little more real and grounded when you're not toxically positive. Secondly, when you're in the dating world, say you haven't given up on love, say you're dating, say you are like, oh yes, I definitely would love a partner. Here's what I see with women who are in the toxically positive mindset when they're dating. And I, I, it's possible men have this too. I just don't work with as many men. But what I see is the tendency to overfocus on the good, to fill in missing pieces with an extension of the good that they're seeing on dates. And if they do see something negative, instead of saying, wow, I'm seeing something that really wouldn't work in a long-term situation, you think you can get them to change because you're really holding on to all of this positive and it's all great. And I'm not going to acknowledge that X, Y, Z really bothers me. Or I'm not going to acknowledge that I don't even know the answers that I need to know from this person to know if we're going to be a great match. I don't know the missing pieces. And so I'm filling them in with my, with my tendency to see only the good in a person. And it should be super clear what this leads to. It should be super clear what the downside of this is. It gets you into a fixer-upper. No one wants to be your fixer-upper. And I want you to hear this again. This is super important. I work with so many women who are afraid to tell someone we're not a match on the first or second date because you get afraid of hurting someone's feelings. Nobody wants to be your fixer-upper. People, everybody, males, females, want to be loved for who they are, for how they show up in the world, just as they are. They want to be loved despite their failures, despite their failings. They want to be loved and embraced for the whole messy picture that they are. Nobody wants to be your fixer-upper. So instead of over-focusing on the positive and ignoring the negative, or instead of over-focusing on the positive and ignoring the fact that you don't have all the information it's really important to learn how to date in a way that will get you the information you need. And that requires being super clear about who you are, what you're about, what you want to create, and what it takes for someone else to be your partner. So you sort of know what that job description is, that the job that you're hiring someone for is to be your life partner and build a specific world together. You need to know what's required and you need to be able to ask the right questions on dates, on first, second, third dates, and very early on, get a sense in those initial conversations of whether someone has potential. You really need to see the bad along with the good to the extent that humans are capable of doing that and sort of extrapolate forward. Of course, they have negative qualities and of course, they're going to get on your nerves from time to time. That's what it means to be human in relationship. But when you can see it fully, it makes it easier to accept and you don't spend the rest of your life trying to change someone into something that they are not because nobody wants to be your fixer-upper. And you don't want to be anyone else's fixer-upper. You want to find a, a partner who thinks you're awesome and you want to think they're awesome. And that's what I want for you. Now, toxic positivity in a relationship. Toxic positivity in a relationship means that you can only ever really acknowledge the good things in your relationship. You can't really acknowledge that there are difficulties, that sometimes your partner rubs you the wrong way or gets on your nerves or says something that, mm, that just triggered a part and I did not like that and we needed to have a conversation right now because this part is just really unhappy. 
when you are in a toxically positive situation, you are not allowed to ever verbalize the challenges. And anyone who has ever been in relationship with a narcissist can tell you that that is a toxically positive situation. Because if you have the audacity to mention being frustrated or disappointed with your narcissistic partner, there will be consequences and they won't be good. You develop an attitude of toxic positivity for your own self-protection, but the problem is it doesn't protect you in the long run because that, that, the problem here is that you're not addressing the problems in your relationship. So if you can never address the problems in your relationship, they don't go away. They fester, they get worse, and they are doing damage to you under the surface. And if you have ever left a narcissist, you know that it has just about taken your soul right out of your body and it's challenging to overcome all of the damage done. And the reason it's so, it's so, so, so challenging is that it was so toxically positive. You couldn't talk about the problems. When you have a process for talking about the problems, when you understand yourself well enough that you can self-regulate and keep yourself calm through the difficulties, when you're super clear in your communication and you can communicate respectfully with your partner, meaning you can speak your mind respectfully and you can listen to them with respect and you have a repair process when things get challenging, then you don't need toxic positivity anymore. And when you hide out in a place of toxic positivity, you deprive yourself of an opportunity to grow into someone who can deal with challenging conversations. And we all really need to be better able to do that. That's one of the things I think the polarization in our society politically and the algorithms and social media have done is they've challenged our capacity to have difficult conversations with people with whom we disagree and to disagree without becoming disagreeable. And you need to do that over a long period of time with a partner. You can't hide out in toxic positivity. And I will tell you that I love so many things about my relationship with Matt. We definitely have our challenges one of the things I've had the experience to grow through is to become someone who can sort of self-regulate during a conflict. For the most part, I definitely have times when, you know, I get a little bit overactive and I, I have to pull back and take a deep breath. But when we have those regrettable incidents, which is what the Gottmans call them, we have repair processes and we're both committed to doing that repair in the process of doing the repair. We get to know and understand each other even better. And that, I think, say you're not with a narcissist, but you're still inclined to posit toxic positivity because you just don't have the skills to deal with conflict. What you're depriving yourself of when you hide out in toxic positivity is the opportunity to get to know your partner on an even deeper level and the opportunity to be known on an even deeper level. So you have to be able to have those challenging conversations and go through the hard stuff to really not be toxically positive and to tackle the challenges head on so that you can know and be known between you and your partner. So those are the things that you shortchange yourself on when you hide out in toxic positivity. And those are the ways that toxic positivity can kill your love life. If you're single and you commit yourself to staying single forever because relationships just don't work for me, which is totally what I said. And I get that. And I'm not at all trying to shame anyone or make anyone feel bad. But when you stay in that position, you deprive yourself of the opportunity to grow and heal from past experiences that are blocking your future. And you are making 
permanent solutions to temporary problems. Both of those things shortchange you and they're going to kill your love life. If you're actively dating and you hide out in toxic positivity, you end up not seeing the full picture and not acknowledging that you don't see the full picture. You're likely to end up taking on a fixer-upper and nobody wants to be your fixer-upper. That is just a shit show in the making for both of you. That's totally going to kill your love life. And then you're going to end up thinking relationships just don't work for me and making that commitment to stay single. And you're going to just stay stuck in that loop. If you are already in a partnership and you're married and you hide out in toxic positivity, you're going to miss the opportunity to grow through challenges and to become even more intimate and connected with your partner as a result of doing that. I hope this has been helpful. I'm really curious how this is landing with all of you. I can't see chats while I'm chatting with you here on live, but if you have any questions or comments, I would love to see them in the posts below. And as always, I appreciate your comments in Messenger. I love knowing that what I offer is really helpful for you. What I'm thinking is I'm hearing this so much in Messenger that I would really appreciate it if you all would share what you're finding helpful. Either tell me about it specifically in the comments below or possibly share the video with your friends and say, hey, I watched this video. I thought it was pretty helpful. Check this out. Um, I know I talk about things that are pretty near and dear to your heart and might hit kind of intimately. If you want some easy ways out of having to take responsibility for, oh, I noticed that I have toxic positivity, you might just want to say, I've been hearing about toxic positivity. I never thought about these things before. Just thought you might find it interesting and share it on your Facebook page. Um, so this is just an invitation. And part of the reason I'm asking you to do this is I love the work I get to do with women. I had another client who finished her last day in the mindful dating intensive yesterday. She said she can't believe how much she grew in just 12 short weeks. It's amazing. She feels more excited than she's ever been about dating. She feels clearer about what she wants and she knows she has a pathway to getting it. These are amazing things. I love helping people get there. I love pe helping people sort of detoxify from the negative past and get themselves in a position where they can open their hearts to love and create a beautiful relationship with somebody where they can take ownership about healing the parts of the world that are theirs to heal and move forward in a way that adds beauty, not just to their lives, but to all of the lives they touch as a result. And I'm going to be better able to meet these women that are my soulmate clients that I can work with and I can help in a way that other coaches just couldn't help. The more you share my content, the more you let other people know about Bahira Coaching, the more you invite people to my groups or connect people with me in, in the messenger, the better able I'll be to meet and discover my soulmate clients. So that's why I'm asking you to share things because I know this is landing with some of you. I hear it in the comments and I really want your help getting the word out to other people who could benefit from what is what I'm offering here in my free content and in my paid content. Take care. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Mindful Dating with your host, Dr. Yael Dubin. If you're ready to shake up your dating routine and transform your approach to relationships, go to BahiraCoaching.com where you can sign up for our newsletter pick up your free digital copy of Five Keys to Finding Lasting Love, and even schedule a free call with Yael now. Bahira Coaching is on Facebook and Instagram. Stay up to date with our programs, literature, and watch live sessions with Dr. Dubin. Links will be included in the show notes. 
Tune in next week when we'll share more about how you can find lasting love without losing yourself in the process.